Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Strong AF Podcast. I'm Ashley. I'm Yuri. And tonight we have a wonderful guest on with us, Justin, who is a music educator and has also served in several church ministries. He grew up where being himself was uh, deplorable. So by being himself, which means being accepted and appreciated by his sexuality, um, he chose to be, he's strong because he chose to allow himself to be himself, And that is why we really wanted him to come on tonight because we know, especially right now, the depression rate, the anxiety rate is so high. And a lot of that is people are just scared to be who they really are because there's so much pressure from society driving us to be someone else. And it's just overwhelming. So we're so glad to have Justin on. He's going to be able to sit here and talk to us more about his life and what he's gone through over these past few years and, and how he's come out stronger for that. So welcome, Justin. Glad to have you on. Thank you. It's, I'm glad to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about who you are and, um, you know, <laughs> let's just dive in. Uh, well, okay. Um, I'm a very multifaceted person. So is there a certain direction of who you want me to, which way you want me to go? Well, I'll just say that <laughs> I've known Justin for a long time. Justin was actually, he was my date to the eighth grade prom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> so it's been a long time. <laughs> it was fantastic. My eyes were opened that night. I saw things I'd never seen before. It, it changed my life forever. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were also in church for many years. So together, mm. um, so, you know, youth groups, all kinds of uh trips and everything. So we've known each other for a long time. So you've kind of grown up in church, um, especially like you were talking about in a very rural area of North Carolina. So tell us kind of about your um, past and, and what you've learned through that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I grew up in rural North Carolina, like you said, and that um, part of the world is, you know, is, has a certain mindset and that certain mindset if, if anything, you know, kind of uh, tries to pierce that, mm -hmm. it's really, it becomes more of a, an attack on the culture. And so growing up, I, um, I, I was raised in church my whole life. You know, I was the youth choir director. I was involved in the youth group. Uh, my father is a Baptist minister. And, you know, that was my life. That's what I knew. And part of that um, life was, being told that homosexuality is is wrong it's a sin and and not only is it a sin but the way it was fed to me and to us is that it's one of the worst possible things mm -hmm. you could actually be and so you know as a child that really didn't affect me too much until I started getting becoming into my adolescence and realizing hey I'm feeling things that I really shouldn't be feeling right now and this is kind of scary this um this bothers me you know and I, and so that that began the struggle there trying to be like why am I feeling this way versus I know this is wrong quote unquote this is I've been told that I am sinful and so um you know so I I fought that continuously every day from the moment I started having those feelings and 
as I got older, they only kept getting stronger. They kept getting worse. And so um, when I finally go off to college, I'm, I'm resigned and committed. I am not a gay man. I'm only physically attracted to men. I could never love another man, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. And so then I meet um, my now ex-wife and uh, she was a wonderful, amazing. I, I still love her dearly. She's one of my best friends. And um, we do a really good job of, of co-parenting our children together. Um, but at that time, I didn't realize it. But looking back, I guess it was just kind of like, well, if I'm going to have to be to be straight, this is the person I could see myself spending the rest of my life with. And so, um, it, but that all stems from being told that I couldn't be what I wanted to be. I didn't yeah. feel comfortable sharing that with anybody. It was, it was, it was kept up inside of me for years. And and then finally, uh, four and a half years ago, when I turned 28, I I, I decided, you know, I'm tired of pretending. I'm tired of being somebody that I'm not. Um, and so that's why I decided to come out. Wow. Is that kind of what you're going for? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> great. And there's a lot in there. <laughs> yeah, no. So how long, are, when did you start having these feelings and how long have you really um, had to hide that? Um, I, I would say probably uh, maybe seventh or eighth grade, 12 or 13 years old. Um, I remember one of my very first crushes, my celebrity crushes. Are you familiar with the movie Brink, the Disney Channel original movie? No. About the roller skating? Oh, (laughs) well, it was, I forget who the actor was, but he was, he was so cute. And I'm like, why is he so, why is he so pretty? Why is he so cute? (laughs) And it it bothers me because I was like, I shouldn't be having those feelings, you know? Um, So that's, it's pretty early in my adolescence when I started noticing that I was attracted to to the same sex. Were you able to tell anyone about this or did you have to keep that all to yourself? Yeah, I kept it. I kept it all to myself. Um, Like I said, until I was 28, I didn't, not a single person, not my parents, not my brother. And you know how close I am to my brother. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Not any of my best friends. I was, the hardest part about the whole thing was accepting it myself. Mm -hmm. Like, telling myself and being okay with it. That's, that's truly the hardest part. Um, so I, I couldn't even do that. So there's no way in the world I could tell anybody else. Yeah. I think that's like everybody in society, that's one of the hardest things we have to pretty much face or learn, learn who we are, mm-hmm. what, yeah. what we like and stuff. Cause we fall into all these celebrities and these fads and these trends and this is it. I'm, I'm this person. I want to be like that guy. I want to be like mm-hmm. this person, mm-hmm. not knowing genuinely who you are deep down inside. So yeah, I definitely yeah. understand that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, that reminds me, I went to counseling several times throughout this process to try to fix myself and get right. And I once had a counselor tell me, he's like, so imagine you're right here in, in the center and there are all these rings floating around you. And each ring is a certain facet of who you are. You know, Justin, you are, you're gay, you're, you, you're a Christian, you're a teacher, you're a father, you're, you know, you're a husband, you're a son, you're all these different things. He said, but sometimes as we grow up, society puts those rings in our life for us. Mm-hmm. And it's our job to determine as we come into ourselves, which rings are the true rings and which ones are the ones that were laid on us, mm-hmm. which ones that we were told who we are. And that really opened my eyes. It helped me like start unpacking 
what's what's real what's what has been fed to me you know what what's really coming inherently innately from me who I am and what's what am I just absorbing from people Mm -hmm. so that was really helpful and I know like coming from that same conservative background like Mm -hmm. how I was told like you know abortion is wrong under any circumstance right um but Mm -hmm. then I think back and I'm going to sit here and spill some beans that I've never spilt <laughs> to like, hardly anyone. Um, but I was right before I met Yuri. And I think back to that and I'm like, if I had gotten pregnant from that, would I have gotten an abortion? And it, I can't say no. Um, so how can I sit here and tell somebody else what to do with their own body for any right. circumstance? Right. You know, so Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where a lot of times the reason I believe that they they're so close minded is because they haven't experienced a lot of these same things. Uh, And so I agree. They they don't understand what it would be like in someone else's shoes. Yeah, that that level of empathy is hard to find when your bubble is so small. You know, when people have this, this way of life and it's how they've been for their whole mm-hmm. life and the people around them are that also that same way. And I mean, honestly, once I went to college, it, it really opened my eyes. Yes. And then, you know, I've met so many people and from different walks of life, from all kinds of countries, from different religious backgrounds. And it's just it's, it's phenomenal what you learn being around people who aren't like you yes. you know there have been very few times in my life when I've been a minority mm-hmm. like be like just a couple of white people and the rest are a person of color or whatever and I have loved those moments every single time like when I went to Mexico for a week oh my gosh it was so great and now I teach at a school that is 98% African-American and I love that I think it's just a fantastic opportunity for me to really learn about another culture, learn mm-hmm. a different group of people and just be part of other people's bubbles. So my bubble can continue to expand. But yeah, it, in that pocket of the world, it's mm-hmm. hard to, for people to break out of it. And I don't know, I mean, the responsibility comes to them, of course, to right. try to get out of that. But if you're blinded by that bubble, it's really hard to see that you need to have that responsibility. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that just getting out there and expanding and just it's a difficult thing to have, but to have a conversation with someone whose beliefs you don't agree with and just listen to them. You don't have to respond. Um, you can sit there and think what you want to think, but just to listen to someone and try to listen with a little bit of an open mind. It's going to be very difficult at first, you know, but the more you do this and the more you try to be open-minded and just listen to someone, the more you're going to understand what all situations are out there. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you, when you sort of came out or whatnot, how did people react? The ones like your family and people close by? Oh, okay. Uh, I could write a novel about that. <laughs> really. <laughs> um, okay. So I'll, I'll be very, very transparent and vulnerable with you guys because I believe in those things, those qualities. Um, I was so scared and so nervous and so afraid of stepping out that door and trying to come out that I, I, I went about it the completely wrong way. Mm-hmm. I ended up doing things and hurting people that I never intended to hurt. Um, you know, 
you know, I, uh, sorry, I'm starting to tear up, but, um, um, you know, I, I hurt, I hurt my ex-wife very much, you know, and that was never my intention, you know, and sometimes like I still wake up in the morning, some, some days and I look in the mirror and I'm like, who, how could you have done that? You know, and that's, that's one thing. That's, that's one thing I still carry with me is this, I still don't think I've truly forgiven myself for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went about it the wrong way. So that didn't help me. And at the time it was just all I knew to do. I was so scared. I didn't want people to know because I was also the associate pastor at a church, mm-hmm. you know, and that was my full-time job. So coming out would mean losing that right. resource to provide for my family. Coming out would mean losing, you know, my my family, my my ex-wife and my or my wife and my kids, you know, my, my parents' love, my family's association, the, my reputation in the community. Um, because people people love me in, in, in Wilkes County, you know. Uh, like I I, ta- I taught at what, five or six different schools there. I used to teach swim lessons there. I'm involved in so many churches there. Like mm-hmm. I have been involved in impacting thousands of people in that community. And so I didn't want to ruin all that. I had the perfect life. I really did everything, a great house, family, job, reputation, uh, associations, everything. And so, so I was very afraid to lose all that, you know? Um, so when that, when I did come out, you know, I, I hurt, I hurt my ex, um, my, my parents, they did not take it well. Um, they, I mean, we, we had, we had a time with it. And part of that, they were, they were so hurt because in that they kind of, they were distanced from their grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And I, and see, that's something I also have to live with too. The consequence of my choice to be myself hurt a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I felt like that's what I had to do. Cause I was absolutely miserable. You know, I, I hated myself. I was angry all the time. I was so sad all the time. And it was, it was hard. And, but we we did not we did not see eye to eye. Me, my parents and I. Um, I had several close friends who were very supportive, and they became became my family, um, my, the, my extended family. I unintentionally kind of like cut myself off from them to avoid the extra hurt, you know, which that ended up hurting even more. Um, and now, but now we're trying to repair and rebuild all mm-hmm. of that and reconcile, but that's kind of without going into too much detail about all that. Um, uh, that was, it was really hard. I mean, last year it was like eight months, not last year, but 2019, it was like eight months. I didn't talk to my parents Wow. for a whole time because it was just so, it was such a toxic relationship and yeah. I just couldn't do it. That's incredible, Justin. You've gone through so much. What would be some recommendations that you would give for other people going through this situation? Like, tips on I guess like lessons learned or um things that worked well when you were communicating this to others like what are what are some recommendations that you have on on just how to how to be yourself um number one I think unfortunately we live in a world where we are expected not to reveal who we are on the Mm -hmm. inside you know but I think if, if everybody chose to be transparent, vulnerable, and authentic, if we could be those things with each other, so many of the problems we have in the world would be completely eradicated, yes. you know, because you could really look at somebody and say, I see you. And because I see you, I love you. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, 
what I what I see is what they portray, who I think they are. I love who they think they are. So I would say, number one, you should, as hard as it's going to be, you should just go out there and just just do it. You, you have to push through. I know everybody has their own journey um, and everybody has their own time frame, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But don't try to go around back ways. Don't sneak around. Don't get yourself in lies. Don't find yourself living a double life because that's going to just kill you, tear you apart. And it's going to hurt so many more people than what if you had actually just been upfront about it in the first place. Um, and then I highly recommend, you know, after, after coming to terms with who you are and, and being yourself, that's going to be difficult because the foundations that you've built your life on at that point will be stripped away. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that you're going to have is yourself. So you've got to find a way to, to just really love yourself, treat yourself, and then give yourself a purpose and a passion. Um, and that became teaching at the middle school after, after I left the church. Um, they found out that I was gay and they fired me. Um, and then, but I went to the middle school and that's my true calling. I told myself I would never, ever teach middle school students. <laughs> ah, it's awful. And uh, I absolutely love it. It's the best experience of my life. And, um, you know, I, that's where I kind of developed my whole mantra, people change people. And that's where I put my, I poured my life into that because that was something that could, it transcended my own personal mm-hmm. internal struggle, you know, and the things I were dealing with because I had a purpose and a passion that I could help others while struggling myself. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yes. I guess another thing too, like, like we were talked about earlier, how we're put these pressures and we're given these rings, right. As we grow up from society, from our parents. Um, and I know that we do this to our kids and I try not to, it's one of those things where it's, it's so difficult because it's easy to push your beliefs on your kids. Um, and I'll do it and I'll be like, oh, dang, I shouldn't have said that. Or, you know, <laughs> um, so what, I guess, how has this changed your parenting style as well, as far as like, um, allowing them to develop their own beliefs and how do you, how do you really do that? Because it is difficult to, to mm-hmm. not constantly force your beliefs on someone else. Right. Um, you know, obviously you can't get around it completely. Like mm-hmm. as, I mean, just by being around us and watching us and our interactions with the world, we are modeling to them how we, how we feel we ought to be in the world. Right. And so that's going to be there no matter what we say, mm. they're going to always see that. And, but, you know, we try very hard to make our, our five-year-old daughter, our son is, is two, he's only two and a half. So mm-hmm. he's you know, not there yet, but um, our five-year-old daughter, we try to make her think very critically about things. Um, we, she asks questions. Well, why is this? Or why is that? And we're like, well, what do you think that, mm-hmm. why do you think they're doing that? And how do you feel about that? And it's kind of cool. And then, then we buy we buy lots of you know books to read. We read to them every night. Mm-hmm. And um, we recently bought a couple books about different looking families because we are still a family. We're just very different. Mm-hmm. And when I was playing um, toys with her the a few weeks ago. 
um, we were playing with these little unicorns and the, my unicorn and her unicorn were best friends. And she was like, do you want to be my sister? To, to my little unicorn. I said, how can I be your sister? And she said, well, um, duh, our mommy's going to get married and we'll be sisters. She said, two women can marry each other, you know? <laughs> and I was oh. like, <laughs> like, that is so, that, I, just, that, I brought tears to my eyes. You know, that was the most beautiful moment. Like she came to that conclusion on her own based on, you know, us allowing her to kind of develop her own worldview mm-hmm. in that way. Now, of course, there's some things we teach her that like solid moral code, you know, right. be respectful, love other people, take care of each other, you know, things like that. But most, most stuff we try to let her just come to terms with it. It's hard. It's hard. It really is. And like you mm-hmm. said, you just, you see, you see yourself saying something yeah. <laughs> like, Oh shoot, I shouldn't have done that. Right. But yeah. That's great. I know that um, I noticed it a lot, especially, and I don't want to bring politics too much into this, but especially within the past few months, because obviously um, our beliefs are very different from our family's beliefs. (laughs) And so, um, of course, the kids saw that and they saw a lot of things that have gone on, especially with the Black Lives movement. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is a movement and it is one that we stand strongly behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and when there Absolutely. are the all lives matter rebuttals, that is mm-hmm. a big discussion in our house. <laughs> so there are a lot yes. of these things that he hears and he has picked up on, especially since he's nine now. So right. I'm very involved <laughs> in all of that. Um, but at the same time, you know, I still want him to understand exactly why we're believing this and not just this is how it is because Right. Once they understand the reasoning behind it, they're able to make their own decisions better. Exactly. And you, when, when I was in the church, that, I was such a big proponent of like helping my fellow peers. And then when I was a youth minister, like understand why you believe what you believe. That's the most important right. thing. If you can't, if you can't, you will fall. The, the next time someone tries you and tests your faith, you will not be able to stand because you have nothing to stand on. That's, yes. that's good, actually. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of church, so I guess I'll out myself again here because one of your one of your close friends um, back in high school was actually my ex. It was yes. like my first boyfriend. And yes, I remember. <laughs> so that was such a, that was such a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so when he came out though um, as gay and was still kind of in the church, I feel like he was very shunned by a lot of people there and knowing that you had these same feelings then and seeing the way that he was treated how did that affect you well to be honest Ashley I was I was one of the ones doing the shunning um and I think that's a direct result of being afraid of myself Mm -hmm. you know homophobia tends to come from people who are very gay right when they're not when they haven't accepted it um and like i'll be honest so one one day because we used to lifeguard together you remember Mm -hmm. and um one night he he came out to me and i was like well that's that's wrong that's in the bible it's wrong and he's like tell me tell me in the bible where it's wrong so that night i went home and pulled out my bible and i was like i found all these verses i wrote them all down and i next day at school i kind of showed them to him and then 
he was like, well, I don't care. You know, we had this kind of little interaction. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up like throwing the Bible at him. And because I was so frustrated and, I, you know, and, you know, I, I lost a good friend that day. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we tried to maintain a friendship, but it was never the same after that. And um, we, he, he went off and did his own thing. And then I did college and got married and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And last year, a couple of times we, we reconnected and we like hung out, had a couple of dinners, um, but you know that it was lost. It still right. wasn't there. Even, and this is even after I'd come out and talk, mm-hmm. talk about my, and even apologize and, yeah. and things. So, um, you know, that's, that's a moment in my life that I do regret very much. Yeah. I know that has to be tough to relive too. And just to, to think about, Yeah, but you know, all these things are really honestly, they're part of my story. Mm-hmm. You know, they're part of they're part of who I am. And if I can if I can share that yeah. to help somebody else add to their story without having to go through that experience, mm-hmm. you know, that's worth it. That's and that's it's totally cool. I don't mind. Yeah, that's great. What well, and I remember talking about like finding stuff in the Bible. Do you remember how we would have those um those Bible study classes and um, for, for the youth group. And every time we would like research something. And I remember there was one where we researched interracial couples. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that is also a big topic and it still is. And it, it still was is. Whew, when I told my family that me and Yuri were getting married, it was one thing to tell them we were dating, but when I told them we were getting married, <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I know your mom. I even had some political interactions. She came over one time to play cards with my parents. Yeah. And I, like <laughs> we were arguing like about politics and stuff. And I mean, I, I adore your mother. I, <laughs> I think the world of her. I always have. But um, I know how conservative and, you know, mm-hmm. and so is that OK? Are you is how's that relationship? With you guys so with my mom I feel like it was a work in progress and it still is we're still getting there um we disagree about a lot of stuff but she's open-minded and she's listening so yeah. um when we were going through you know all of the all of these all, all the craziness this past year right with all of the the right. and um the black Lives matter um protest and all of this stuff um you know I I was like you just need to you need to call Yuri and talk to him like he's not doing okay like I know you don't get it but you don't have to get it you just have to listen you know yeah she she definitely was there and would always text me and I would tell her I don't know what most people don't seem to understand is it's just the sediment itself black lives matter we don't initially look at the whole movement and everything, what they believe in. It's just the most important thing is the saying black lives matter. That was, yeah. and I will go through telling her everything of how, how this affects not just George Floyd and his family, but pretty much every black person, every person of color with that happening and pretty right. much kind of mm-hmm. consequences that, mm-hmm. that makes me fearful and, Right, sons fearful and right. stuff like that where you have to teach them certain ways 
Oh, if there's a police officer and this and that, no matter how he reacts, you you remain calm and do everything they say mm-hmm. and so forth and so on. Yeah. But yeah, she was definitely there and continues to be there and ask me how I'm feeling, how I'm doing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Where there was other family members on another side where my dad's side were, we'll just, we'll just yeah, say yeah. they were yeah. totally off nowhere. Yeah. I'm sending messages. I'm like, how do you feel about this? And no response. Oh. And then there, the- was, there was no response for about three days um, at all. I actually, I had to call and say, why are you not responding to him? He is obviously asking you to have a conversation with you. That's all he wants to do. And they're like, well, I don't want confrontation. He's not asking for confrontation. He just really wants to have a conversation with you. Yeah, he won't reach out. Like, why, why won't you just talk? Well, we don't yeah. see color. Well, why not? Yeah. Because here's the thing is, like, I that phrase drives me fucking insane. Me Excuse too. me, but it drives no, me no, I'm so all about crazy. It. Because, you know what? I see that he's black. And that's okay. Right. It's part of his story. It's part of who he is. I see that you're gay and that's okay. Yeah. Like that's what makes us who we are, right? Exactly. Stop stripping that away from us. Because when you share your differences and say you don't see that, then you're telling me you don't see me. Right. Exactly. So stop saying that. Uh Uh-huh. It makes me so mad too. I believe (laughs) I had this conversation with, with maybe somebody I work with or something like that, when they would say, well, have you thought about it this way? Maybe maybe to you or maybe to them, it's not Yuri's black, it's mm-hmm. Yuri's their Yuri is son-in-law. Mm-hmm. So, so that's Yuri's what it is. Ashley's wife. Yuri's one in a million or something like mm-hmm. that. Yuri's not like them or whatnot. And like most people, if you don't stand for anything, if you don't say anything, your, your silence is deadly. So mm-hmm. yes. silence yes. leads me to only think, okay, I, I see where you stay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Especially if you can't have a conversation where yep. where my oppression becomes <laughs> your oppression, where mm-hmm. you where you play the victim, and I'm just right. asking you questions. It's not like I was gonna point the finger and say you this, you that. Yeah. It was simple yep. questions. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Silence is always an answer. Mm-hmm. Silence is always an answer too. I remember one time, shortly after YJ was born. And my grandma was like watching him outside of like Dollar Tree or something while I was grabbing something. And somebody was like, oh, he's the prettiest mixed baby I've ever seen. And so just being like, thank you. She mm-hmm. was like, can you believe that she, she said he was mixed? I'm like, but he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. but how did, why did she think he was mixed? Why didn't she think he was just white? But why does it bother you that she thinks yeah. he's mixed? You know, right. so mm-hmm. it's it's certain things where they don't believe or maybe they know deep down, but they don't want to say it. But there is something inside of them that has an issue with color or has a different as an issue with not mm-hmm. even just color, but anyone that's different, different. And I saw and, that and- so much growing up. Yes, and it's not so much in what they say, but it's in how they react. How they react, exactly. And that's where you see it. That's where yes. you see it. The the the, the subtle looks, mm-hmm. the 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 snarks, the yep. the sighs, the under the the muffled comments. Like mm-hmm. that's that's where you see it. It's you know it's funny that you used to say that. So in high school, my mom she once told me. 
because my grandfather was very racist. He would just use the N-word all the time. Mm-hmm. It, it was awful. You know, and I knew at, at like seven years old, like, that's wrong. You know, mm-hmm. I knew that at that point in my life. Like, why are you like this? Um, but anyway, my mom told me in, in high school, she's like, now, don't you don't you go off to college and, and bring home a black girl? And I didn't. Um, last summer for Fourth of July, I brought home a black boy. <laughs> and he met my whole family. That's the first time I've had a boyfriend come and meet my family. Wow! Because my cousin, it was at my cousin's house, and she had already met him, and she loved him. My my brother is friends with him. You know, uh, my other cousin um, met is, is you know he they've met him. And so I was like, listen, I need to do this. And I told my family before, I was like, if you don't want this to happen, that's fine. It won't happen. But, you know, at some point in my life, I'm going to have a significant other mm-hmm. who I want to be part of my great, my greater life. And right. I'm tired of having these two lives, you yes. guys, and then him. And I said, that's fine. I respect that. I won't argue with you. I won't be upset. However, for any future family get togethers or holidays or whatever, if my partner's not welcome, I'm not coming. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not coming by default, my kids aren't coming either. Yes. And so, I mean, I kind of used that card, but. <laughs> oh, um, trust me. We have had the works. same conversations. <laughs> yeah. So whenever me and Yuri um, first got together, I, they weren't at my, well, my dad was at my wedding, but none of his family was at our wedding. Um, and they didn't want us to come up there for Christmas so no, they wanted they no, wanted us no, to no. come, but they did. They wanted me to come for Christmas. They did not want Yuri to be there for Christmas. So by default, mm-hmm. I was not there for Christmas. Good for you. Until we had YJ, and then it was, oh well, now mm-hmm. now we'll accept you because yeah, we wanted to see the kids. Yeah. So and, and I, that's that's another point. So let me tell you about the reconciliation process with my family. And then I'll get to that point. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I went 2019, about eight months without talking to him, right? Well, my the same cousin was hosting a Christmas Eve dinner party um, in 2019. And at that time, I was also the choir director of St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Wilkesboro. And um, so we had like a midnight mass that we had to do. I had like three services that night. And, but but my family, some of my family, my cousin in particular was like, please come. We would love to see you. We miss you so much. And I was like, you know what? I'll just go. I'll show up. So I went and all my family was there and they were all so excited to see me. And it was a nice, good, cordial, happy mm-hmm. time. I couldn't stay long because I had to get back to the midnight mass, right? Well, I get there. We, we warm up the choir and stuff or whatever. And we, we start and we're performing. And about halfway through, I'm looking out into the audience. And guess who's sitting in the audience? My mom and dad. Oh, and I'm like, that's kind of special, you know, like yeah. that meant a lot to me that, that, you know, I, I, I reached out and then they also in return reached back out, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was like, maybe we could do something with this. And so since then we've been very adamant about trying to rebuild our relationship and it's pretty good. Like I talked to my parents a whole lot since I moved down and yeah. I love to go home and visit them. I love when they come down and stay with me and come see the kids. Like, we joke and we have a pretty good time. I, I, I do. I love my parents very much. Yes. Um, we, they still are very iffy on this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the 4th of July, my mom, at the end of the night, she hugged 
my boyfriend Aww. goodbye i don't know if it was a genuine thing but it was a thing there was contact right. you know so um, that's progress and i always believe growth is growth mm-hmm. no matter how small no matter how little no matter how long growth is always growth and that's something yes. that worth that's worth celebrating but going back to like using kids as leverage Sometimes I wonder, though, if I didn't have the kids, how much progress right. will we have made? You know, like, yeah, and that, I don't want to dwell too much on that thought, like, because that kind of makes me sad, kind of scares yeah. me. Like, how much intrinsically am I worth to my parents? How mm-hmm. much is that relationship worth to them if it weren't for yeah. my kids? You know, I so think about that too. There's that balance, and it, it's hard, isn't it? It is. It, it kind of breaks your heart. Yeah. Yeah, I think about that a lot because actually my dad and I, we had a very strained relationship my entire childhood, really. Um, and so we didn't really spend a lot of time together. Once I got into, well, I mean, shoot, once I was in high school, I barely saw him. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, you know, after the arrangement, the custody arrangement had pretty much ended and I was two hours away from him. It was very little time that I actually saw him other than like Christmas Eve. And so it wasn't really until I had YJ that we started building a relationship. And what hurts me is that I feel like it was all because of the kids, because now that all this stuff has come to light over the past year, um, it's become very strained again and we've barely seen them. Um, we talk to them, they call once in a while, but mostly it's right. I call them, that kind of right. thing. So, and plus COVID yeah. doesn't help either. You no, know? not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Now so, is, now Jury, is your family this similar way to how they respond to Ashley or is it totally opposite? It's oh, totally no. opposite. Okay. Okay. I, I like to say my uncle pretty much, he, he was the, he was the groundbreaker because <laughs> he okay he was the first one he married his wife they met in germany when he was deployed so yeah she's german white so we're used to it my okay, brother cool cool my brother has mixed mixed kids my cousin have mixed kids so yeah we're we're all used awesome. to it. It's, yeah. it's no problem at all. Yeah. Good. And by the way, Yuri, I love any time that you like one of my comments on Facebook or that we get to interact. Like, I, there's, <laughs> I've always wondered who's really doing it, but sometimes I have a strong feeling that it's that it's you. It's, who's, it's a lot of times, Yuri. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man. Like, and yeah. I, I just, I really appreciate that support, and I love yeah. being able to. I hope what I do is very supportive of you, and definitely. And mm-hmm. I hope that I'm using my platform to help propel your voice yeah you know you know that's that's my goal and I feel like I'm gonna have to have a whole other podcast episode myself like telling my story because I'm I'm spilling more beans on here than I am on our own stuff but um so like you know you're I have that effect on people it's okay (laughs) (laughs) all the time you know you're talking about how you're getting confused between the two of us so our Facebook page is together and the reason is that the guy that I was dating before Yuri extremely toxic relationship there was more than just the rape um there was lots of threats he was also he had a concealed carry he was ex-military so he was um pretty dangerous dude and uh, lots of threats and everything so after i finally got away from him actually 
he almost ended our mine and Yuri's relationship um, because we had gotten together and then just lots of stuff happened. um, And me and Yuri broke up for a while because I just didn't know how to tell him about that. Uh, When we finally got back together, we were still kind of rocky because I didn't actually tell Yuri about the rape until we've been together for a year. So um, that caused a lot of issues in our relationship, but not only that, but um, he continued trying to contact me after we were done. I changed my phone number. I got rid of Facebook, um, all of that. And so when Yuri and I finally did, we, we didn't even start a Facebook back until I think we had YJ just so people could see him and interact and everything. Sure. Um, and yeah. I was like, the only way I'm doing it is if we put one together because I don't want my name just back out there. Um, and so it was fine for a while. And then when I was pregnant with Camden, keeping in mind, Camden is almost four now. So this was just five years ago that he tried to reach back out again. Oh. And then what was it just this past year? on like Instagram that he tried to find me as well. So it's just been a constant thing for the past 10 years. So that's why we're together. (laughs) That's the long story behind that. So yes, sorry for the confusion, but no, no, it's not. It's okay. It's it's actually, I like, it's, I look at it as a game. Like who am I talking to today? You know, it's really cool. So I don't, I don't mind it at all. Well, I'll do (laughs) my part to, to make it easier to recognize my, by grammar errors, yes. <laughs> black emojis, <laughs> whatever. So, yeah. I so mean, yeah, I don't tell him all the time, obvious. but sometimes I do go back in and edit his post. I'm like, oh, he misspelled that. Let me go fix that. <laughs> no, I, I don't misspell it on accident. It's on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it still bothers me. That's the best thing I've heard. <laughs> but you know, like what you were just sharing in your story, how you weren't you didn't feel able to be vulnerable and transparent and authentic mm-hmm. with Yuri like that caused a rift between you yes. guys that's what I was talking about earlier you know yes. like if we've created a society where we can't be that way with people exactly. it's so hard to to really get to know people and have that genuine connection and until that happens you really don't know anybody at all no. and that's that's what causes the communication breakdowns that's what causes the lack of empathy but really deep down inside we're all just human beings who desire to love and to be mm-hmm. loved exactly that's, we just want to belong that's all we want you know and if we can get past the things that make us different and appreciate them but really look at the things that make us similar it would change it would change everything everything in the entire yeah. world would be different yes exactly and justin i know so. that like when we asked you to come on here right and we've already talked about this a little earlier before we jumped on the call but before we when we asked you to be on here i know you were you were wondering like, huh, why are they, why are they wanting me to come on this podcast when they're um, nutrition fitness company? Like what, what can I provide? But you know, this is exactly what you need is and what all of our listeners need is to hear your story because there's so many people going through depression, anxiety, stress, And the reason is because society has put this huge pressure on us. Family has put this pressure on us that we have to be someone that they want us to be. And half the time they're not even being who they want to be. 
Right. Yes. Yes. It's just this endless cycle of being Absolutely. we've been told we have to be. Right. Oh. Yeah. So the, the and what does that lead to? It leads to depression, anxiety, stress, binge eating, overweight, mm-hmm. health un, and health issues galore. Yep. So and ultimately a life unfulfilled. Exactly. You exactly. wasted a life, a whole lifetime wasted because you're trying to comply and placate yes. society. Yes. And be something somebody you don't even know wants you to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and like I was, so we've been having issues with our, our nine-year-old lately who has been just lying about all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, why? Why, mm-hmm. why are you lying about this? Like, he's like, yeah, I found 66 rocks. So you counted them? Oh, I know there's exactly 66. So you counted all your rocks. No, but I know there's 66. So why don't you just say, like, I know I got a lot of rocks. I probably got 66. Like, but you're bound and determined to make sure that we know it's exactly 66. And you know, you know, you have 66 rocks. So it's like little things to impress somebody. And Uh I'm like, just be honest. I said, we love you for you, whoever you are. But you have to learn who you are yourself. And if you continue to lie, you're never going to know who you are. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's kind of where we've become as a society. Yeah. So. Oh, I know. I feel like this was a really, a really tough, but needed episode. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm glad I could provide. I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) So Justin, where can our listeners find you and connect with you? Um, well, I mean, not that I think anybody, what I've said tonight, anybody would want to connect with (laughs) me, (laughs) but, but, um, they're welcome to um, Facebook at Justin Smith. Although that's one of the most common names in the entire English language (laughs) for people my age, for males my age. Um, so, you know, it, I don't know how to help you find that. You're on TikTok. I'm on TikTok. You can find me there. Uh, Mr. <laughs> underscore J Smith 88. Um, that's, a, that's another option there. Although that comes with a disclaimer. Just be, you're warned. <laughs> it, it's, it's, that's where I let my silliness out. Okay. <laughs> Facebook <laughs> is where I put my, my positive aspirations, my political ideologies, mm-hmm. you know, my support for people but TikTok is where I try to let loose. And I just, I just like to be goofy. I don't know. I put some of them on Facebook. I don't know if you've seen it yeah, or not, yeah. but they're like, and I'm like, I just, should I be doing that? I don't know, but it's fun. <laughs> it's fun anyway, you know? Um, so I don't think I'll ever be like a serious famous TikToker or whatever. I'm not that funny, but I enjoy it. So, you know, I know there's like enjoy five people. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well you're two of the five people who do <laughs> so Justin we got some rapid fire questions for you and before we get oh, into Lord. this like I, I feel like I know the first one because you were a runner for a long time not sure if you still do but I know that you were in track for a long time so uh weights or cardio cardio <laughs> favorite fruit uh banana favorite vegetable does onion count as a vegetable? Yeah. Okay. Favorite comfort food? Pizza. <laughs> Pe- pepperoni, cheese pizza. 
<laughs> Sorry, we don't shun here. It's okay. <laughs> First thing that comes to your mind when you hear the word vegan. I wish. <laughs> That's I'm aspiring you. to be a vegan. I know. <laughs> I, I actually I I'm like ninety percent vegetarian right now awesome. as it is, and so I'm I'm working towards that. I've been a vegan before. I've done it for a little bit. But with the stress of the move, you know, yeah. and coming down here, like that really hit me hard. And so I kind of lost track of that. So yeah. I'm working to that. But I'm like 90% vegetarian. So awesome. I, I take that. Okay. Yeah. And the most important question, where do you get your strength from? Um, <laughs> just, just knowing that I'm valuable. And I'm worth a lot. And I know that I have the power and the will willingness and the passion and the love to do great things for the people in my life. And I truly believe from the bottom of my heart that I live my life in such a way that the people in my circle of influences, my circles of influence are have a better experience in this life because of my presence. Yes. And I live for that. I live to that end. That's all I ever want. And so that's what keeps me going. And, um, and that's it. That's, I think that's what makes me strong. I think. That's wonderful. Well, you definitely inspire us. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Justin, for coming on. We've really had a great time. Thank you guys. It's been so good. If you ever want to interview again, we can do it again. Of course. (laughs)